All right, everybody, welcome to Easter and New Life. Yeah, glad to have you here. Wow. Hey, my name is Jeff. If you're a guest here with us, I get the unique privilege of serving as a lead pastor here at New Life Church. We're one church in multiple locations. Uh, and that means like literally today we are live right now with our North Platte campus, as well as all of those that are worshiping with us, maybe at home right now. We just want to say a big happy Easter to them. Come on, guys. Can we just do that together? Come on. Happy Easter. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So, man, I love you guys in North Platte. Man, happy Easter to you guys. I hope all the fathers hit all the, the chocolate Cadbury eggs only where you could find them later. Okay, that's, that's what I did. Okay, uh, yeah, like forget all those other eggs. Hide the important ones, people. Hide the important ones. And now I just had a Reese's peanut butter cup egg. Blew my mind. <laughs> Blew my mind. Where were those when I was a kid? Where were those? Right? Where were those things at? Well, man, I'm so glad you guys are here. We really believe that Easter... And the message of Easter is for everyone, and that's what we want to talk about today. So we're just going to jump right into it, all right? Uh, look, I grew up in St. Louis, St. Louis, Missouri. Anybody else? Anybody here from St. Louis? Can I hear anybody? <laughs> uh, people at home, if you're listening, <laughs> and you had to turn your TV down really quick. That was my wife, all right? That, that, was my, that was my wife. I, I didn't know if anybody else would be here, but I knew she was here. <clears throat> and, and now you know she's here. Okay, that's good. There's one way to let everybody know. I was here on Easter, yell really loud and have it recorded for the rest of history. Okay, there you go. There you go. Well, that's where I grew up. And in St. Louis, there was a uh, Six Flags Mid-America. Six Flags. How many of you guys like going to amusement parks? Any amusement park people? Got some amusement park people? How about... How about just roller coaster people? We have roller coaster people? Yeah, it's about 50-50. Some are like, mm, take it, leave it, I don't care. Uh, but I remember like going to Six Flags when I was a kid and I was too short to ride the rides. And you would go up and you would get measured on that line and you would do everything you could, just like this girl's doing, like up on your tippy toes, get your shoulders up as high as you can, trying to make it in. But man, you would just, they would get you every time, like flat feet, you know you know, stop stretching your neck. You know, they would just get you. I don't know what it was. It was like they had too much control over that roller coaster. Like that was their job and they were gonna make sure you didn't ride it unless you were tall enough. And when you're not tall enough to ride the roller coaster, it was a real bummer. But I do remember then that first summer where I was tall enough and I got on the roller coaster and clickety click, 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 and then over the top it goes and around and side to side and up and down and loop to loop. And I have no idea what's going on, but don't watch it too close, you might get sick. Right, but I just remember, I remember still that first summer where I was finally tall enough I could ride the roller coaster. And I thought to myself, like, there's no way I'm ever going to be tall enough to ride that thing, but finally it happened. I think some people think this way even about heaven. Some people think this way about heaven. They think I'll never be good enough to get into God's heaven. It's like I was a kid, I'm never gonna be tall enough to ride that roller coaster. I'm never going to be good enough. Like, there's no way that I can do enough good things to ever please God. Like, Jeff, if you knew me and you knew my life and you knew my lifestyle, then you would be agreeing with me right now, 
right? There's no way possible. I think there's just a lot of people that think that way. And I think one of the key reasons why we think that way is because of the way we treat each other. It has a lot to do with the way that we treat each other. Especially the way that we treat each other when someone does something wrong or someone offends you in some manner, shape, or form. Because here's what we do when people offend us or when people sin against us. We hold grudges against them. We hold resentment against them. We kick them out of the inner circle. <laughs> you're no longer going to be my friend. <clears throat> you're, gonna, you're out over here someplace, not even an acquaintance maybe. We just kick them out altogether. And since we act this way towards one another, it's hard for us to ever believe that God would ever act any differently to us. And then we end up believing this lie that my sin that I've committed against God, which, hey, look, I'm a sinner too, right? I, I, I've sinned as well. And you know what? I, there's sin that keeps coming out of my life. I don't like it. I hate it. I don't want it there, but I find it coming out in all these different ways, just like you do, okay? So I, I'm no different than you. I might be called the pastor, but man, look, I'm just going to tell you, a pastor's tempted to sin just like everyone else is. And when you find that stuff and it's icky and it's gross and you just don't like it and you're like, man, we think to ourselves, we believe that God sees my sin and that God will never, ever forget my sin and he'll never release me of the penalty of my sin. Well, that's what Easter's all about, friends. The story of Easter, it tells us how radically different God's love is for us than our love is towards one another. And today, today I want to talk to you about God's radical love for you. His name is Jesus. See, God's love has a name. God's love has a name, and his name is Jesus. And in the name of Jesus is the very essence, the very picture of God's love for you and his love for me. See, that love, Jesus, he went to the cross and he gave up his life for us. And then he turned around and he rose again from the grave. And then he turns around and he ascends into heaven. And today he sits at the right hand of the Father right now, waiting to come back for his church. That's the risen Savior that we're here to talk about today. That's the story of Easter. So you can't tell the story of Easter without telling the story of Jesus. You might be wondering to yourself, like, hey, look, like, what are all these shoes all about that are up here? Are we going to have, like, some kind of rummage sale afterwards? <laughs> some of you, are, you're, you're eyeing some of these shoes, and you're like, like, dude, man, like, those are some sweet hiking boots. I love to own hiking boots. I never want to use them, right? It's awesome. It's awesome. It makes me feel better about myself. Each pair of these shoes it represents a person's story. And the reason why I want these shoes up here is because I want to keep in front of your mind, your mind's eye today, that as we talk about the love of Christ, I want you to remember that there's a reason why Christ went to the cross and there's a reason why he rose again. And that's because he died for you and he died for me. And every one of these shoes represents a person's story. And stories matter. Stories matter to God. And people matter to God and people should matter to us. In fact, there's an old adage that basically says that if you walk in another person's shoes long enough, that you'll end up appreciating them, understanding them, and loving them. Basically, if you can assume the best before assuming the worst in people, if you can come alongside them and kind of see why are they the way that they are, what makes you who you are and your past, and no one's been able to walk that past with you, but if you can get close enough to people, then, then man, you can really get to know people, understand them, appreciate them, and love them in a way that you never could before. In fact, in my simple, humble opinion, I think that's one of the problems with our world today, 
is that we don't walk in the shoes of other people enough. We just expect everybody to understand our shoes. We expect everybody just to understand our story and just to meet us where we are instead of loving people the way God wants us to love them, which is get into their lives enough to understand what their path has looked like all this time. Because guys, look, if, if we would just walk in the shoes of someone else for a little while, we would begin to understand them. We would begin to love them more. We begin to appreciate and value people more than we do right now. If you just would get into the shoes of someone else for a while, you, you begin to understand, you know, like what makes them the way that they are and you, you would have more grace for them. And that's why I want the shoes up here. The other reason why I want the shoes up here is because if that's true for you and me, then it's also true for understanding God's love, his value, his appreciation, and what, why he did what he did. If we could get into the shoes of Jesus today, then we can understand better why he did what he did for you. Why did he do it? And what did he do it for? What was his motive? What was his meaning behind all of that? And so today, I want to just jump into the sandals of Jesus for a minute. I want to get into his story for a second. Because if we can get into his story for a second, then man, maybe we can just value and understand him a little bit better. And we can, you know, maybe wrap our hearts around him. We can embrace him more where at some of us were like this. We're strong-arming Jesus, pushing him away because you, ever, you didn't get into his sandals. You haven't walked in the shoes that he walked in. And what I love about the Bible, what I love about God is that he gave us the story of Jesus that we could get into his sandals and we could understand him a little bit more today. We know this, that Jesus came as God's only son and that he was born a virgin birth. That Jesus grew up like you and me. You know, with parents and learning what life was all about and learning to love, but that we know this about Jesus, that he was sinless. But that God sent his only son to this earth for a purpose and for a reason. He had a purpose from day one that he was born until the day, day somewhere in the year 33 of his life where he died on a cross and he had a purpose. And the purpose was this, that our sin was separating us from God. And God went, look, there's only one way for people that I love, you and me, to have, have an eternity with him forever in heaven. And that is for our sins to be covered, our sins to be paid for. There was a penalty for our sins and that Jesus was going to be God's son, sent as a sinless sacrifice, perfect in every way. And we know that Jesus lived his life that way. And then Jesus, he starts ministry at about age 30 and he starts preaching the good news. And he starts telling us about the love of the father for us. And he starts telling us about a kingdom that's to come, God's kingdom to come in our hearts. And then at three years later at age 33, they hang Jesus on a cross and they, they brutally murder him on a cross so that the penalty of our sin could be paid for once and for all. But they couldn't keep Jesus down. We know that these, these sandals went into a grave and that, that three days later he rose again and that's why we celebrate Easter today. And that today he sits at the right hand of the Father and he's waiting to come back for his church for those who have committed their lives to him, who have walked a little bit in the sandals of Jesus and said, I'll follow you. Like, I'll, I'll be obedient to you. I'll surrender my life to you guys. And look for our sins to be forgiven, that we must surrender ourselves to Jesus. And we must confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And we got to turn from our sin and we have to follow him. That's what Romans says. Romans 10 says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, then you will be saved. 
There's a way to overcome the penalty of our sin, and it's through the story of Jesus and by surrendering our lives to him. But why is it that in our society and around our world, there's so many different ways that people are trying to get to heaven other than Jesus? They're like, well, if I'm just good enough, if I'm just good enough, God will see my goodness, won't he, Jeff? God will let me into his heaven. I mean, how in the world can a loving God who created all this stuff tell me I don't get to spend eternity with him in heaven? Other people are trying to worship other gods. Others are just trying to go through life and just kind of stay neutral because they don't really know which way to go. But when they get told, when people get told that Jesus is the only way to heaven, it's amazing how people get ticked off. Even how I said it just now, Jesus is the only way. For some of you, you were like, I knew knew they were going to say that. And you're like, man, I should have sat at the end of the row. I'm stuck in the middle now. Can't get out. Everyone's going to see me get up now. And he just called me out. Now I can't get out. I get it, right? When, when I was a seeker, before I had given my life to Christ, I searched for a lot of reasons to live. They all ended in empty tombs that, of life where they were dead. They were just like... Everything I pursued, whether it was alcohol, or it was sex, or it was money, or it was power, or adventure, or fame. I mean, no matter what I've pursued, it always ended in death. So I get it, man. I get it. There's just something inside of us, this nature inside of us that just wants to try to, like, be the best we can. And we want to try to get to heaven without Jesus. But I'm just telling you, that's not man's idea Man's idea wasn't this 2,000 years ago. Hey, look, let's just go around and keep telling everybody Jesus is the only way. That wasn't man's idea. That was God's design. God designed that. He's the one who said, look, Jesus is going to walk in these sandals, and he's going to be the one that sets the example. God designed that. Take a look at what Acts says about it. Acts chapter 4 says, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Guys, there's only one name, and his name is Jesus. And when you get into the shoes of Jesus, you start to grapple with and understand why he came and the motive of why he came. He came to earth first to satisfy and to fulfill the loyalty to his father. His father is the one who sent him. But secondly, he came to this earth came to this earth because there was a need to display to you and me a story of love that was greater than what could ever be written down on a piece of parchment paper and just mailed to earth from heaven. A story of love, of Easter, so much more profound than just God sitting in heaven and having an angel say, look, hey, look, just write these words down and send it down to earth so that people will read this from now forever and understand my love. It was greater than that. It demanded something more than what words could could be written on a piece of paper. It demanded a, a savior, Jesus, to come to this earth, to give his life on the cross, and then to raise again from the dead miraculously, leaving an empty tomb. It demanded that. It demanded that. Jesus did that for every single one of you. He, he, did it for, he did it for the businessman who's out there right now listening to me in North Platte or online or here in Kearney. He, he did it for you. I mean, he did it for you. He knows, he knows right now you're working your tail off for your family. He knows that you're, you're going to work 
you know, six days a week and you only got one day off. He knows that, you know, you're showing up early and you're staying late. He knows that you promised your family a vacation and there's been times when you had to cancel it, cut it short. He knows that when you're on vacation, you still have to have your cell phone and you hate it. But man, you, it's like you got to be accountable. You got to check it out. You got to send back your, you know, your, your emails and check your voicemails. You don't want to, but you have to. And he, he knows that. He knows that. You know, like, man, you've been wanting to show up to that soccer match and wanting to show up to that football match and wanting to show up to that tennis match and then you just can't get away and you're trying to keep a roof over that, over your family's head and you're trying to keep food on the table and you're trying to make sure their education is paid for. And I want you to know something today. You're working your tail off, but I want you to know this. God loves you and he sent his son Jesus to die for you. One of you, somebody out here, somebody out here is, is this person right here. You're a single mom, and you're burning the candle on both ends. You're trying to raise your three kids, and you're going to the community college to try to better yourself. And you're going to work, and you're going to school, and you're, putting, you're making the meals. You're waking up early. You're staying up late. You're trying to fill both roles of mom and dad today, and you're wore out, and you're tired. And you look into the mirror, and you're like, how much longer can I do this? You have anger that stirs up in your heart at times and resentment that stirs up in your heart at times. But you know you can't, you can't bring that into the house and so you leave that in the car and you walk in just to love your kids like the way that they need to be loved. And I want you to know something today. Jesus gave his life for you. He died for you. He loves you today. There's others that are here. You're like, you're the college student. You're the college student. You know God. But there's this pull of life that just keeps bringing you back to doing life the way you want to do it. You want to follow him, but you find yourself, you find yourself strung out drunk on a Friday night. You find yourself waking up on Saturday morning in someone else's bed that you didn't even know. You know God. You, you want to follow him. But you keep finding this other side of you keep coming up. You know that there's something beyond what you're doing right now, but you just, you have a hard time committing yourself to it. I want you to know something today. Jesus gave his life for you and he loves you. He loves you with a passion. He loves you. These boots, man, they represent so many different people. These are the boots right off the feet of, a, of an army medic that walked in the desert of Afghanistan and Iraq. Serving our country, trying to do their best. But yet, when they go to sleep at night, they have a hard time getting away from the memories of fallen soldiers. It could be you that served back in the Vietnam War and it still kind of gets you. These boots could also represent a farmer or they could represent a construction worker that just works with their hands and toils with the ground. See, the point is this, it doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what your journey is. And these shoes represent so many people's different stories. And you can look up here and you can find your story on here someplace. I just want you to know this, no matter what you're living for, Jesus died for. And if you and me will commit ourselves to him, and follow him, he can work miraculous things in our lives because Jesus died for everyone. 
And then this risen Jesus, he asked us to go and tell others about him, like we're doing right now. In Mark 16, this is what he, this is what he challenged us to do. He says, and then he, being Jesus, he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. To everyone. Guys, look, this is the mission of our church. Mission of our church is to help people see Jesus. To find Jesus and to see their lives changed radically from Nebraska all the way to the ends of the earth. We do that through what we call kingdom builders. Kingdom builders is our initiative where we give financially, but we also give of our time to become something of like God's army going out into this world, fulfilling what he told us to do. Because he has risen, there's a message to be shared. Because he has risen, there's a purpose for living. Because he has risen, there's a reason for serving. Because he's risen, there's a reason for giving. Because he has risen, we want to become kingdom builders. And so we team up with organizations around the world here at New Life. Because there's, there's shoes of people that live in countries we will never go. And there's stories of people that we can never reach on our own. But we team up with others because we believe we're better together so that we can tell the good news of Jesus. And I want to take a few minutes today and tell you about a few of those organizations. The first one would be Royal Family Kids Camp and Track. These two organizations, they work hand in hand with each other, ministering to and loving children that grow up in homes that many of you can't even fathom. You can't grapple with, you can't understand, you can't put yourself into the shoes, you can't draw the picture in color. It can only be drawn for you in black and white. And in that sense, it's still blurry because these kids are growing up in homes that are abused, neglected, and abandoned homes. Some of them are in foster care and some of them are still living with their parents. They're coming from hellish and horrific situations that they have no control over. But these two ministries are meeting them right where they're at and they're loving them in Jesus' name. Check out this video as it tells you more about that. This is just one of them. I've got DJ Burton, him and his wife are the directors of Royal Family Kids Camp here in Buffalo County and actually for multiple different counties. And uh, man, we just wanna honor you. We wanna welcome you to the stage. So can you guys do that with me? Come on. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. They serve in just amazing ways. And uh, man, look, can you grab that pink shoe down there? All right, let me have that shoe for a second. I'll let you have it in just a moment. This shoe represents a child that's growing up in that abused, neglected, and abandoned home. And uh, we, we want to just help you understand what is it that Kingdom Builders is doing through Royal Family and Track to meet kids right there. So I'll let you have the shoe. Tell us a story about one of those kids that shows up to your camp, either Royal Family or Track, and tell us what, what, that, what that kind of kid's living and what they're going through. You know, I, I love that it's pink because uh, the story I got for you is about a, um, a young gal that um, started at Royal Family when she was six years old. Um, we're going to call her Sarah. Um, and, and Sarah started at six, and she wrote a letter her last year to God. And in this letter, you know, it started out um, praying for her little brother that, that he would be safe. So she was no longer with her little brother taken taken from her parents. Then she prayed for her dad. Her dad was most likely in prison and she prayed for him. And then, she, and she knew what he had done was wrong um, and she still was praying for him. And then she prayed for her mom and not knowing where her mom was um, and she knew that her mom had done some things wrong too. And then for her new family, 
she was going to go to a new family. And I don't know how many families this would be for her. Um, it could be two or three um, families, but she was going to go to a new family. So she prayed for them. And then at the end, um, and this is, this is, she prayed for our camp and all the foster kids at Royal Family. And she also thanked God for the time that she was able to spend the last five years learning about him through our camp. And so, you know, that Sarah is kind of the, that encompasses what, what Royal Family is about. Yeah, man. Wow. That, that's a real, that's, that's a powerful story. How has, um, it's got me kind of stirred up for a second. <laughs> that's the different story than you told last night. <clears throat> you got me, man. Um, how has, talk to me about how the power, how has the power of a risen Savior, have you seen the power of a risen Savior impacting and changing the lives of kids and teens that are part of Royal Family and Trek? You know, uh, there's no other reason to do this. Um, we're called, we do probably 400 hours of service. It's more than that, um, just as a couple. The power, of you, it, it's what keeps you going. Um, to see uh, little kids that uh, come from nothing, bring their black plastic bags full of what little they have, and to see the smiles on their face. Um, I, you know, I got a side hug from a little girl last year, and she said, DJ, thank you for making camp fun. I read a note from a little girl that said, I love Royal Family because it's safe. And the reason that it's safe is because Jesus makes it safe. And that is the power of Jesus. Right, right. Um, creating a safe place. Creating a safe place. And at the end, we had, last year, we had a, a little girl go to her big camper and say, before she got on the bus, I want Jesus in my heart. And folks, we don't, we don't push that on them. They um, are the ones that bring the conversation to us. And so, and that's when we take the initiative. That's how we see the power, power of God, the Holy Spirit right. come on, is when they come to us and say, what makes you so happy? Why is this so fun? Why am I safe here? And so, look, in just a little while, you have camp coming up at Royal Family. Five weeks. Five weeks. Five weeks. How many, how many volunteers do you have from how many churches? Um, our Right now we have 107 to 110, depending on if Pastor Jeff's um, application comes through. Um, and then we, uh, I, I don't know about the background check. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I think that's our biggest concern. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, we're working with uh, 13, 13 to 14 churches. And that's the same with uh, Track. Track has like 60 volunteers. Yeah. Um, and they break it up in two weekends because we got to, at their age group, they got to separate the boys and girls for some reason. I don't know why. But, right, yeah. You know. Yeah. So, yeah we're, and then, we're talking about that in a whole other sermon. Right. And they, um, and they, work, <laughs> they work with the same, with this, uh, same amount of churches that we do. Yeah. And, and they're guy, pretty awesome. And look, there's like 70 to 90 kids that are going to show up. And so would you in five weeks just keep, keep them in your prayers? Um, if you, You've already got all your volunteers, right? But I think track might still... Other than mine, but 
You still would take applications. So if you want to serve in one of these kind of ministries, then um, where can they go to sign up for like a royal family or a track? Do you know where? I put you on the spot. You put me on the spot. That's right. Hey, man, you put me on the spot. Right. Exactly. Is there a place they can go? Talk to like, me. Really, Talk to me after done. church. I'll be, I'll be out in the foyer. Yeah. Come and talk you got to a me. purple shirt. You stand out. I do. Right. He stands he, out. So he, I think he said eggplant. He'll be in the lobby. Last night. If you're out eggplant. in North Platte, yeah, you said you look like an eggplant. Um, it's beautiful, though. It's round, you know, comes up. But if. Comes to a nice head, though. Um, but if you're in North Platte, if you're in North Platte and you want to serve, then I would ask you just to contact our church. You can email at info at mindnewlifechurch.com or you can give us a call uh, here at the church as well. So uh, you have one more thing? I do. Okay. I do. What do you, you know? Um, it one scares of the things, me at, at this moment. Yeah. Go of, ahead. One of the things that, um, that the power of God is, is through the church. And he uses the church to min- do ministries like Royal Family and Track. And... New Life has been involved with Royal Family for 15 years, folks. So you've invested for 15 years. Nice. Labor, finances. This isn't something, this isn't something that just Christy and I have done. We've been part of it for two years. Um, There's been a foundation laid. So let's give it up for everybody who's participated, everybody who's volunteered, everybody who's given money. Thank you all, and there you go. DJ, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, thanks for serving. Thanks for serving. All right, all right. Yeah, no, you don't get any more time, DJ. Sorry. He's like, well, hold on. I want to take a royal family offering. No, no, we're not done. I get it. So, guys, Jesus died for those children. People like DJ and so many others are serving them as well. And let me tell you about another kingdom builder. Uh, Just this past weekend, we sent 35 people to North Omaha. And in North Omaha, they put a brand new roof on a church. They put brand new bathrooms in. And they painted gallons and gallons of paint. Just giving of themselves to go love another church that they didn't know anything about. And to go love people that they don't rub shoulders with on a regular basis. Check out this video. I'll tell you more about it. Those guys are my friends, Pastor Mark and Dorena Smith in North Omaha. They, they love Jesus and they're doing the best they can. I guarantee you today, because you're a kingdom builder, giving financially so that we could pay for all of that and not make it a burden upon them, and your kingdom builder going from our church, the North Platte campus and Carney campus, those 35 people, I am so thankful for you because I guarantee you those pastors are preaching Jesus today more excited than they were a couple of weeks ago because they're like, man, our facility is way better now. And uh, so look, thank you guys so much for being kingdom builders and thank you guys for going and thank you for giving. I got to tell you about one more. Do we have time for one more? All right, there's an old thing I I learned from a pastor a long time ago. And he was like this, like just ask people, like always ask them, respect people. Who will give me this like maybe five more minutes to talk about this? And just see like who would do it? Come on, who would do it? Okay, all right, keep your hands up. Keep your hand, because this is what he taught me. Five, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 40, okay. Okay, all right. Yeah, now I can let my mentor know I did it right. I did it right. The last organization I want to tell you about that we partner with, a Kingdom Builder Partnership, is with a, with a ministry called Convoy of Hope. And they minister to incredible needs around the world, humanitarian needs, meeting people right where they're at in their suffering and in their hunger, meeting them with the love of Jesus Christ. Take a look at this short video. It'll tell you more about what Convoy does.
What I love about these guys is this. We just had our worst flood in the last 50 years in Nebraska. I think we had somewhere around 74 counties out of all of our counties, 90-some counties have been declared as a state of emergency county. Homes have been lost. Businesses have been lost. Roads have just been wiped away. Somewhere it's estimated about a million cattle have been lost. And we understand that uh, that's, that's money here in our state. Uh, we got farmlands that have been ravaged. Families literally left with nothing. Somewhere it's estimated around $1.3 billion worth of devastation. And it's going to take close to two years, they're estimating, for all of that ruined to be rebuilt. And here's what I love about Convoy. Convoy showed up in Nebraska day number one after the disaster hit. And they showed up with food, they showed up with supplies, and they showed up with water. And here's the, here's the good news. They didn't just walk away after they brought truckload after truckload, tons and tons and tons of resources that we're partners with. And we give to them thousands, tens of thousands of dollars every single year from New Life. And then we go with them to minister to places just like this. But they're still working in our state, making sure that homes are prepared and ready for a rebuild in the future. I'm proud of organizations like these that we've talked about today we're a part of, but I'm more proud of a congregation who is willing to be kingdom builders and give of their time, of their energy, and even of their finances to see the good news of Jesus Christ, a risen Savior, communicated around the world to people who walk in shoes that you and me will never be able to get to. I'm proud of you, and I'm so thankful for what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. So let's wrap up with these sandals again. Because as I pick up these sandals, it's as if I hear the voice of Jesus saying these words right now. What will you do? What will you do with my death and my resurrection? Personally, in your personal life, what will you do? You've heard the message of Christ today. What will you do with it? Will it just be a feel-good moment where we laughed together and we clapped together and we heard some stories that maybe have brought a tear, whatever? I mean, what will you do personally? I want to challenge you today. Don't walk out of here without a relationship with Jesus Christ. Don't walk out of here without that relationship. Later on in our service, you're going to be given the opportunity to surrender your life to Jesus. And I want to challenge you. Commit your life to Christ if he's not your Lord and your leader. There's something else you can do, and it's tangible, and it's the second question I hear Jesus saying, which is this. Okay, who who will you show my love to through your generosity being a kingdom builder today? Who will you show your love to? And I just want to give you that opportunity today because I just believe that, you know, Jesus is asking a similar question and he's helping us see the difference that we can make like he did back in Matthew when he was teaching one day. And he said these words, he says, look, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did, when did we ever see you hungry or, and, and or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And then the king will say, then Jesus is telling us today, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, royal family and track, you gave through Convoy of Hope, when you became a kingdom builder, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. 
It's a profound question. What will you do with the message of Jesus today? First, it's personal. Will you receive him? Secondly, it's generous. Will you give so that others can hear the good news of Jesus? I'm going to pray in a moment. And then our campus pastors are going to come in both of our campuses. And then they're going to receive our normal morning, morning tithe and offering along with our kingdom builder giving. Can I just say this unashamedly to every guest that's with us today? I don't want you to give. Thank you. I, I, <laughs> if you didn't hear that, it was a small child that said, yes, Jeff, go for it. I just want to say this unashamedly to every guest that's with us today, right? I don't, I don't want you to tithe, and I don't want you to give an offering to New Life Church today. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to exercise your faith today and be a kingdom builder with us. Give to kingdom builders, and I guarantee you we'll take every one of those pennies and we'll spread it around this world to organizations that we're teamed up with right now, and it will go out of our doors immediately to impact the world that's around us for the cause of a risen Savior, Jesus. You stay seated. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for the hope that we have in Christ. Thank you for the fact that, Lord, you sent your son to give his life on a cross and that he rose again from the grave, and that today he is alive, and that we worship a risen Savior. And because we worship a risen Savior, then we can have hope today. Because we worship a risen Savior, then, then we can have peace today. We can have joy today in our heart because we worship a risen Savior. And Lord, we ask you, we ask you in Jesus' name that you would reveal yourself to us. Lord, because we worship you, may you use us to bless others on this earth. May we not be stingy and selfish to ourselves, but may we give it away and be a kingdom builder and do what you asked us to do with your risen message, to share it with a world that's dying, that's hurting, that's broken, that's hungry, to share it with a world that without the message of Jesus, they're, they're doomed to spend eternity away from you. Lord, we want every human being on planet earth to know the love of Jesus like we've heard it today and have the opportunity to surrender their life to you. Lord, use this church Use this body of people to do that very work today, this Easter, 2019, in Jesus' powerful name. And everybody said, amen. amen.